April 27th and 28th, 2013, Linux Fest Northwest was held in Bellingham, Washington. I want to thank my co-worker, Brad Coffey, who helped me at the HPR table. Following recordings are about an hour and a half long. There's just small excerpts that I had while talking to people around the exhibit hall. The Linux Fest is very well attended, and I would suggest that you plan to come if you can next year. It's always the last weekend in April. Thank you to Linux Fest Northwest for providing HPR, a community table there at no cost to us, and that was really great, and we plan on attending again next year. I want to also mention that Brome stopped by and helped us with the table. Thank him for that. He came a long ways. He was out doing something else in Seattle and happened to be in the area, and we're much glad to have him there. And Maybe he'll give a report of his own at some point. So I'm in the tutorium at Linux Fest Northwest talking to... It's like Bob Potter. I think I said that right. Good I think I? you did. So what's going on in the tutorium here at Linux Fest Northwest? It's on the second floor. Well, we have about uh, 20 systems set up with uh, several different Linux distributions installed on them. And folks can come in and hack away on them. We, okay. have, we have several volunteers here and a couple of staff members off and on to answer questions that people might have. Yeah, I'm seeing a um, monitor here with Bodhi Linux on it, the Guide to Enlightenment, the Bodhi Guide to Enlightenment. So this one must be running Bodhi Linux, correct? It is. In fact, this is the only one that's running Bodhi, and we just installed it for somebody who came in earlier this morning and wanted to ask about Bodhi, and we didn't have it on one of our systems, so we just threw it on. Okay. And uh, around the corner, I see a Linux Mint. And what are the other distributions you might see around here? Uh, we have several Fedora systems uh, and several OpenSUSE. And Mint has several different versions of itself with different desktop environments. And we have three or four of them running. Okay. So I carried a guy up here. or didn't carry him, but he followed me up. And he had a Windows box that wasn't working, and he wanted to get it fixed, and so I brought him up and left him for someone to help him get a Linux installed. Do you recall him being here? No, I don't. I may okay. not have been here. Maybe he'll bring his box back tomorrow, but he uh, just wandered into the Linux Fest, and so being how it's free admission, I guess he showed up and he may become an open source software user. Right. Yeah, so Bob, you look about my age or around there, so... How many years have you been involved in the Linux Fest? In the Fest? Uh, since the beginning. Really? Yeah. Good this deal. Is our, this is our 14th year. Yeah. I'm somebody's, sure somebody's already mentioned that to you. Yeah. And what, what interested you in the Linux Fest or got you involved with Linux itself? Uh, I got involved. Well, actually, what got me involved was what made me interested in getting involved with Linux was, well, Windows. <laughs> yeah. A good point for, for me, too, if you knew my story. But I did my first Linux install in, I think it was 1994. Okay. And uh, I've been using it pretty much ever since. Yeah, and I'll ask you what your work career has been. So has it been in yeah, I was software? Yeah, uh, I was a network administrator. Here in Bellingham? Uh, for the last, yeah. We, okay. we came to Bellingham in 98. Yeah. So, yeah, a good choice of communities, I'll have to say. It, uh, yep, it is. Do you have a sailboat, Bob? No, I don't sail. Okay. <laughs> I was just down at the harbor and looked at my brother's old boat that he oh. sold when he moved away. Blackfoot uh, was down there. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. Black and gold. If you see it around, it, it cool. was his. I've been on it and brought it over from Victoria. Well, real good. Um, how many people do you think are here this year? 
I think, I don't know. I, it's hard to say. Um, we had 480 blank programs with nobody's name pre-printed on them. We ran out, uh, and we had over 600 people pre-registered. Okay, so, so we're well over 1,000? Well, I think, oh yeah, I think well over 1,000. And I've spent most of my day in the exhibit hall, and it's yeah. been packed. Yeah. So it's a very good turnout. Well, thank you very much, and um, look on HackerPublicRadio.org, and you'll be able to see uh, your show posted there and listen to yourself. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm in the exhibit hall at Linux Fest Northwest with Neil Sandberg. Is that right? That's right. And what are you doing here? So I'm here from Pogo Linux. We're a Redmond, Washington-based uh, systems integrator that's been specializing in building servers, workstations, storage deployments on open source and specifically on Linux for the last 14 years. Do you have a lot of T-shirts here in a big server box that you have um, ready to win? And what else can you tell me about Pogo Linux that makes it, would make it interesting to people running open source software? Well, one of, the, one of the problems, I mean, when we started originally back in the mid to late 90s, you know, the hard thing about open source software was even building a configuration that would run it. As time has gone by, it's become easier and easier to put together a system where you can install Linux. But very often, you'll still run into small problems, weird little questions that you just can't get an easy answer to. And you can always call our support team and, you know, they're not able to provide any official support, but they'll answer questions, they'll help you out. And of course, if any of the parts are broken and cyst or anything like that, we have a great support team to take care of you right away. Get a new system out there if you have to, or, uh, or replace the parts in the field as, as necessary. Okay, so Pogo Linux is, I buy a server from you, is that right. correct? That's okay. correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, do, uh, we do everything from uh, desktop style workstations, you know, low end workstations, all the way up to the biggest storage deployments you can really think about it you know we'd, we'd be willing to do a cluster for someone if they need that it's all custom built it's all you know built to order and our sales engineers are always willing to have a chat and figure out exactly what suits any customer's needs best okay if anyone finds this interesting and wants to get a hold of you how can they contact pogo linux easiest thing is to go to our website uh, www.pogolinux.com um, or to call our support line at uh, 425-898-2200. They can, uh, they can get sales there or they can talk to a sales engineer and find out more about the company and what it is we do. Okay, real good. Thank you for talking to me and you can log on to Hacker Public Radio and catch some of our episodes. Thank you. Sounds great. Okay, next door to Pogo Linux is what's your product? We are Candela Technologies and we make uh, traffic generation and WAN emulation systems. Uh, what we're demonstrating today is our RF attenuator uh, module. So we have a computer here that is emulating up to 400 wireless stations, and we have another computer on the other side that's uh, acting as an access point. The antennas are connected together via uh, double-shielded RF cables through our attenuator box, and with our program, we can programmatically control the RF signal level between the access point and the stations, make it seem like the stations are moving farther away or closer to the access point. And as you do that, the throughput varies, and we can see that on our graph here. Uh, I guess you can't show that, but... <laughs> yeah, okay, I see the graph right there, everyone. Yeah. 
And then uh, basically we allow people to test their uh, wireless setups. We have customers that are deploying large-scale uh, wireless networks, and they'll either need to stress test with lots of stations or they need to make those seem like their stations are moving around, which they can do with our uh, attenuator box. Uh, we're also working on a box that has uh, mixed signal uh, modules in it so we can get channel interference and more RF reflections and make it seem like it's in a busy RF environment. Well, real good. The bubble wrap is going down right next to us. Um, I, I'm looking at your monitor. It looks like there's an F on there for, what is that? That would be Fedora wow. 17. Yeah, very good. That's what we're currently shipping. Um, we also have a live CD that's based on Ubuntu. Uh, people can download that from our website. It's uh, candelatech.com. And uh, try out our software and tell us what you think. Very good. Thank you for talking to me. Okay, I'm here at the garage sale booth, which is apparently supporting the fest through selling old computer items. Is that right? Yeah. Yep, that's right. We have a whole bunch of pieces here that were donated by the public, and the proceeds go to paying this year's Linux Fest, and it goes towards paying next year's Linux Fest, so it's a great cause. Yeah, and this is Casey, what's your last, Hawkinson? Casey Hokinson. Hokinson, yeah, I got that wrong, but you got it right. So, And what's your name? Bilal Khan. And, yeah, so what are some of the things you see here that might be of interest to anybody? We got a uh, motherboards and uh, video cards. Yeah. Yeah. Bubble wrap? Yeah. Yeah, it's going uh, away, huh? It's, uh, yeah, very good, so... How much do you think you'll make on the garage sale this year? Hopefully over $100. Yeah. We're, we're pretty close probably. I don't even know. And are you two both students at the technical center here? Yeah. That's correct. And yep. what are you taking? Uh, computer networking. Uh-huh. And what year are you in school? This is my first year. First year. Are you finding it interesting? Yeah, it's super interesting. Is it challenging? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Very good. And you? Uh, what's your name? Say your name so people know. Bilal Khan. Yeah, and what are you taking? CNET, first year. Okay. Yeah. What is that? Computer networking. Yeah. How are you finding it challenging? Not somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. So you, okay, you're a power user. Yeah. <laughs> Real good. Thank you for talking to me, and you can find your show on Hacker Public Radio. All right. Keep awesome. an eye on that. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Okay, I'm here with Bill Wright. Is it right or wrong? Yeah, it's right. Okay, Most still right. And if you don't ask my wife. Okay. And we're, I'm reading the sign. It says, World Famous Raffle. Well, you know. Raffle um, tickets, $1. Is that U.S., $1, or Canadian? That's both. We'll, okay. take, it. we'll take anybody's money's good. Yeah, I'll tell good. you, David, um, one of the ways uh, that we, that we uh, finance this event every year and cover our butts um, and, and it enables us to keep the event free of admission charges to the general public, to the community, uh, is the, uh, our fundraising efforts like this world-famous raffle. We have a lot of vendors that uh, donate. Uh, this year we have a, a Samsung Chromebook. We've got a, a, a workstation that's water-cooled. It's, got every, it's totally tricked out from donated by Pogo Linux. We have an HP uh, uh, Ultrabook that was donated by HP, and the list goes on and on. And uh, uh, we, we have uh, one raffle on Saturday, and this year we're going to do a raffle on Sunday uh, where we're going to uh, 
raffle off all the Raspberry Pis that we use to power the uh, overhead monitors and displays. Very good. So how much money do you expect to earn on the raffle? Uh, I really couldn't tell you. Uh, we just do the best we can, and, and it's one of our biggest uh, 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 single fundraising uh, efforts. Um, but, you know, if we can get a couple thousand dollars, it'll pay uh, uh, Bellingham Technical College, which hosts, hosts us. We'll pay them for their janitorial and things like that, you know. If we can come out uh, even at the end of the uh, event, you know, then we're, we're happy. Very good. So... I'll um, say thank you for the interview here, and I'll get my wallet out and buy some raffle tickets. Okay. How's that? Sounds good. Thank you. So I'm at the EFF table. That's correct? Um, EFF and TOR. Uh, okay. Both organizations. TOR, which is? The Onion Rider. Of course. Yeah. And your name is? Damien Johnson. And you're willing to say that on the internet? Sure. Okay. <laughs> T tell us about the Tor project. Uh, Tor is a privacy and anonymity network. Uh, we hide people's identity online, um, stalking victims, uh, internet activists, other uh, people that require privacy or anonymity. How hard is it to operate Tor to get it working? Uh, it's pretty easy. Uh, you go to www.torproject.org. Um, you download the bundle, uh, double-click it. It's brings up Firefox, and that runs through Tor. Will that slow my machine down? Um, it will be slower to browse sites than if you went to them directly because it's routing you through multiple hops. But it's private. Correct. Yes. Okay. And what do you do for the Tor project yourself? I'm a developer. I work on STEM, which is a library for um, applications that uh, utilize Tor. So is Tor under any pressure from government? Nope, not really, I suppose. Okay. Uh, we are funded through uh, some um, Department of State grants and other such things, but we have a rather diverse funding base. Okay, real good. And then do you want to say anything else about Tor for our listeners? Um, we're always looking for new developers, so if you want to hack on code, uh, please visit us. Okay, so what qualifications would someone need, you'd consider baseline qualifications to be a hacker or developer on Tor? <laughs> uh, Tor itself is written in C. Most of the ecosystem is Python projects. Um, we have a little bit of Java and others as well. Okay, and are you with the EFF also? Um, no, this is a joint booth uh, between the Tor and the EFF. Once okay. upon a time, um, Tor was a subproject of the EFF, but it's since become its own nonprofit. Okay. And so, I have another gentleman shy over here. Maybe, maybe not. And what's your name? Lee. And you're the I've, EFF side of the thing. No, right? actually, uh, the EFF, guy, EFF guys are somewhere else right now. Um, Damien's helping out. Um, Damien and I are helping out staffing both sides of the booth. And um, I'm here helping him out with the tour booth. Okay. So if people want to do something to help the tour project other than be a coder, how can they do that? Uh, running relays. Uh, we're in dire need of uh, more relays to diversify the network and help protect people online. So I've got an um, internet connection at my place. I can just set my machine up as a relay. Yep. Uh, you run tour, and under the... 
um, options. You can tell it to um, run as a relay and uh, benefit the Tor network. That's all there is to it? Yep. Very good. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. In the following clip, I give my lightning talk presentation for Hacker Public Radio. I use signboards as my slides. I did it with dry erase markers, so you'll catch that as you listen. Low tech, my slides. Um, <laughs> this is a hack. Um, don't use dry erase. It's undefendable technology on this type of board. I'm from Hacker Public Radio. Everything you need to know about us can be found at hackerpublicradio.org. We are the community podcast, and we need your content. We have new episodes every weekday, five new shows a week. So we publish a show every working day. So the shows are of content that are of interest to hackers. So what you have that you're doing and you want to talk about on the Internet is valuable to us, and we'd like you to make a show, audio show. Content is contributed by listeners, and the content is not vetted as long as it's audible. So you can talk about any subject you want. So does that leave an open door? It's not bad. I mean, we get a lot of good content this way. But there is some stuff there that maybe some people don't want to listen to, but please contribute your show. It's not a vetted content. If you talk about something that you think someone else doesn't want to hear about, we will not take it off or vet it in any way. Content is licensed, Creative Commons by... SA30 unported. So you're look at that license if you want to know how the licensing is. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution and sponsored by Lunar Pages. We don't really talk about this very much, except there's a little blurb on the in outro of the show, and someone else pays for all the bandwidth here. We have over 1,514 shows of content on the internet right now that have been contributed. There are 300 that are talked with a techie, which was a precursor show, and there's over 1,214 HPR shows, Hacker Public Radio shows. Over 25 days of content continuous play. It would fill 498 audio CDs. The average show length is 25 minutes. There's no um, length of the shows. You can put a one-minute show up or a 10-hour show. It doesn't make any difference. There is 23.19, over 23.19 gigabytes of MP3 storage. You're welcome to download that whole glob if you want and listen to the shows. We've used 35 terabytes of bandwidth. 16,090 daily subscribers. There's actually probably more than that now because this information is a bit old. And we have over 79,640 monthly downloads. So if you put content out here, it's getting out. If you have a project or anything, this is one way to get some recognition on the Internet. Currently, there are 240 show hosts that have produced content for Hacker Public Radio, and each year we produce 260 shows. So if you think about that, as opposed to a weekly show, we put out a lot of shows. We want you to contribute. You're welcome to contribute. And ways to contribute? Easy way, call in a show. Give your name and email address so someone can get a hold of you and give you credit, and start recording, talking into the phone. At the end, press the pound so that your content will go to the recorder. You can call, the number's on the website for the US, and there's a number in the UK for the European. You can email or FTP a show in. Like I said, all the information's on the hackerpublicradio.org website, or you can use Skype, call out and Skype recorder. And more info, of course, hackerpublicradio.info or .org contribute. It's just audio, right? Audio only. 
and of course more info. And we have Freenode, Pound Dog Cast Planet is our chat room, and there's always someone in there to help you out. And there's a little banter going on in there also. Any questions? Okay. I'll say one thing. He didn't mention. Um, if you're a first-time contributor, you push to the top of the queue. Right. We have a queuing system, so we can only put out one show a day, so five a week. So, But if you're a first-time contributor, your show will go to the top. Now, with Linux Fest Northwest, we have five slots dedicated to that in the next two weeks. So anything we produce from the Linux Fest here will go in within the next two weeks. And we have an interview this year with Jacob Perry. Um, so if, you, if you've listened or you want to listen to that, it's free Linux Fest Northwest to advertise the festival. And I want to say thank you to the um, Linux Fest Northwest for having us and to give us a free table. I mean, how awesome is that, right? So any more questions? Okay. We'll give way. Thanks. Okay, I'm here Sunday morning. The Linux Fest hasn't begun, and I'm here with Martin Obando. And where are you from, Martin? I'm from uh, Portland area. Okay, good. You're my neighbor, so that's really we good. are neighbors. We are neighbors. Yeah, and you have your son with you, and what's your name? Uh, Jonah. It's Jonah. He's standing a ways away. He's maybe a bit shy. So what do you think of the Linux Fest? So far, so good. Really enjoying it and having a great time. It's nice to have a Linux Fest that's close. Um, I mean, we do have in Portland, we have the you know, OSCon and OSCon, and we have Open Source Bridge, which are great ones to go to. But this is my son's first fest, so we're going to bring him up and introduce him to the, the geekery that all happens here. Yeah, what have you seen you like so far? Oh, gosh, just meeting people. Meeting, actually meeting faces of people that I've talked to online a lot. Uh, it's kind of fun to put a face with a, with a person. Uh, that, you know, you speak online. Uh, a lot of great talks regarding uh, you know, everything from, from Wireshark to what was the one we went the one about dystopia yesterday. That was fun. A lot of fun on, on dystopia and a utopia. And uh, it, was, it was a good talk. We had a, we had a really good time with that one. Yeah, and what do you think of the exhibit hall here? It's nice. It's nice. There's a lot more exhibits than I, than I had thought there was going to be. And they managed to put them very successfully into a small area. So did you pick up a lot of swag? Oh, we did. We have lots of swag. I've got a daughter at home that wanted some stickers and some stuff, so we've been, we've we we piled on some extra stickers for her. Very good. Um, let's see. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do in Portland. Yeah, yeah. I run a, a, my own company called Obando Computing, and I do managed services for um, small to mid-sized businesses who need who you know have the desire to have an IT person, but don't have the financial reasons or the needs to have somebody on staff full time. You know, so then that's why they will contract with me to come in and do everything from server management, uh, network management, all the way down to just desktops and you know keeping things you know changing out mice if need be. Yeah, very good. And you also are the man behind the curtain on a show. I am, I am. If you're ever in uh, Linux for the, if you ever watch Linux for the rest of us on Tuesday nights uh, live with uh, Dorador Geek and Cody Cooper, then and you're in the IRC chat room. I'm usually in there as well, and I'll be the one putting the links in there, and you can find me um, IRC. I'm Maskill. So some people have known me by my, my the handle Maskill on the IRC. I'm in the I'm in there. I'm on the Podnuts and the Geeksters forums as well. So those are those are fun. Yeah, very good. Um, so what do you plan on doing today? Today we're going to catch the Brian. Lunduke? Lunduke. Lunduke. Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to catch his talk. We got a chance to meet him yesterday, and just a great guy. Um, kind of hit it off, so we're, we're going to go sit at both of his talks and just uh, watch him. It'll be a great experience for my son to, to hear his comedy and, and that. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay, anything else you want to tell the HBR audience? No, I just, just have a great time. I love HBR and have a great time listening to it. So we'll be looking forward to you make a 
contribution yourself to HPR. That I would, I should, I should. I yeah. listen to it and, and need to need to me be a part of it. Yeah, very good. And what about you, Jonah? What do you plan on doing today? Um, go to the talks with my dad, pick up some extra stuff. I don't know. We kind of go along as we go. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, David. Okay, I'm here with Benjamin Carenza. And who are you with, Benjamin? I'm with uh, Mozilla Reps. Okay, and I see your booth here. You have um, some swag here. And what are you um, telling us or promoting for Mozilla? Um, so I'm here today promoting uh, the Mozilla Web Forward um, project, which is an open uh, innovation program to uh, help incubate and accelerate open source projects and uh, companies that have products that are uh, open source. And also, um, I'm promoting Firefox OS. Um, we have a handset here today, and uh, just showing that off to attendees at uh, Linux Fest Northwest. How much interest has there been in the Firefox OS? Um, there's been a tremendous amount of interest uh, this weekend. Um, I'd say that uh, one out of three people have actually asked us up front about Firefox OS without us engaging them on that. Um, there's been a lot of people asking uh, where they can get a phone and uh, and uh, a lot of interest in checking out. They really like the speed of the platform. And when will Firefox OS be available for people to put on their phones? So um, right now we do have a public image that you can get um, in the Mozilla Wiki. Um, it has uh, links to the repositories and allows you to... Uh, uh, to compile a build on a Galaxy Nexus uh, family device. And um, you can also purchase a phone from one of uh, Mozilla's OEM partners. Uh, uh, they're called uh, Geek's Phone, and they're based in Spain, but they ship internationally. So what system would a Geek's Phone work with in the United States? Um, so currently I believe the only support is uh, T-Mobile, um, but Mozilla is also sp uh, partnered with uh, Sprint, so there's uh, a very good likelihood since Sprint is U.S.-based that we'll see a phone on Sprint here in the in the coming year. Okay, and do you have anything else you want to share with the HBR audience? Um, just check out check out Firefox for Android, and uh, if you're not using Firefox for desktop right now, go ahead and give that a try, and definitely check out Firefox OS. Okay, and I'll just ask you real quick, where are you from, and how can people find you on the internet? Um, so I'm, I'm based out of Portland, Oregon, and uh, uh, I'm on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is B-K-E-R-E-N-S-A. Okay, real good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, I'm here with Larry, the Crunch Bang guy, whose name I don't know how to <laughs> last name I don't know how to spell. What's up, Larry? It's, it's uh, Larry Cafiro, yeah, and I'm Larry, the Crunch Bang guy. I've been called a lot worse. Thanks, David. <laughs> um, not too much. It's been a great show actually up here in um, in Bellingham, Washington, for Linux Fest Northwest. Um, as I may have told you last year, I really enjoyed the show a lot, and. Um, I'd actually walk here from California to, to, to make it here because it's a really uh, outstanding show. And these guys and all volunteer staff do a great job. So we're happy to be here. And we have our Crunchbank booth that's, that's going pretty well. And um, it's, a, it's a great show. It's shoulder to shoulder, isn't it, here? It is, yeah. Between classes. Yeah, yeah it is. And uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, I should mention that Bellingham Technical College uh, just did a lot of renovations here. So... Um, the space is actually a lot nicer, and the classrooms are bigger, and um, the um, I haven't tried out the speaking uh, part yet because the um, my presentation is today, but um, I'm looking forward to speaking with the new equipment they have up there. Yeah, and then how much interest is there in Crunchbang at the Linux Fest? Oh, we've been getting um, some pretty good, um, pretty good response. Uh, last year we were uh, getting the response like, "What's Crunchbang?" and now some, you know. 
a lot of people know what it is now and uh, are going like, hmm, crunch bang. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's getting better. Yeah. And, yeah, and then where would people find the image for crunch bang if they want to download oh, an ISO? Sure, they would go to um, crunchbang.org uh, and click on the download button and uh, you have an option of uh, 32 or 64 bit and um, you can get it there. If you're here at the show, you can just come by the um, uh, come by the booth. We still have um, uh, DVDs left, uh, and I don't want to take them home. So uh, <laughs> very good. You, uh, so, yeah. yeah, I brought my netbook. I don't know if we'll get a chance, but I'm probably going to install Crunchbang on my um, Dell Mini 10. Oh, excellent, excellent. So yeah, we'll we'll get you set up there. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And did um, I read your blog when you were traveling? Did you make it by Corvallis, the open source? Oh, I, I yeah. Sadly, I didn't. Um, uh, Lance Alberton, who's here, and he's doing like uh, three talks today, or three talks during the course of the show. Um, he left before I had a chance to get there, so um, we didn't. We didn't stop by that time. Uh, my daughter, who's with me and is usually always with me at uh, shows like this. She wanted to meet some friends in Beaverton, so uh, we we made that side trip instead. That's you know right, right outside of Portland, and uh, and got here a little later than I expected, but uh, but it, but it was fine. It was great. It's, it's a great trip coming up here on, uh, in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah, we we enjoy it. So it'd be great if we could have Philip and Becky over here, huh? You know, I'm working on that. Yeah, believe it great. or not, yeah. Um, actually, I could say. Um, we tried to get Philip to come to uh, scale this year, but he had a scheduling conflict. But um, and I hope I'm not, uh, you know, forcing his hand by saying this. But uh, I don't think he has a scheduling conflict for 2014. So uh, we may arrange to uh, have him come out for that. So. Do you think if Becky knows this, that it's going to work? Or? Oh well, that's probably the big hurdle. But you know, <laughs> if she comes along, yeah, I think I think it'll be okay. So well, we better have that set up. Then. Right. Awesome. <laughs> Definitely, we'll have to have to uh, have that arranged. So. So as long as I've got you here, and I'll, let's. Um, this is Lenny's Fest Northwest, but let's just talk a little bit about scale. I know I've never been there. Is that mm -hmm. show worth going to? Oh, absolutely. Um, like this show, uh, scale is a uh, all volunteer, uh, you know, based show. It's everybody who works on it uh, is all you know all volunteers their time. I, I'm the publicity uh, chair of the you know publicity committee. And uh, what we do essentially is uh, for the last 12 years, it'll be, um, or last 11 years, I should say, this will be the 12th coming up next year. Uh, you know, we've been putting together this show and it's, it's grown to, you know, like epic proportions. It's now up to about 2,400 people a year. And it's all, you know, it's all volunteer run at the Hilton. And it's, it's, it's just fantastic. Um, and I, I, I I, I love OzCon. It's, it's a great show, but you know you can tell that there's sort of a, a kind of a, a corporate feel to it, where you know you have a lot of big companies and heavy hitters there, and uh, scale and and Linux Fest Northwest and some of the other smaller shows are more you know personable, where you have people who are you know actual you know the actual people who are doing the the programs and things along those lines uh, in the booths and. Um, not to take away again, not to take away from OSCON because it's it's a great show, and they do a lot of you know O'Reilly does a lot of great things for the FOSS, the wider FOSS community, but uh, you know shows like Scale and shows like Linux Fest Northwest, you know are really kind of the backbone of FOSS, and um, and it, it's I'm just proud to be a part of you know both of these shows. Yeah, real good. Well, thank you very much for talking to okay, me and sure. 
um, we'll maybe be expecting you to, as publicity director for Scale, to post up an HBR episode. Oh, oh absolutely. In fact, uh, we can do that when I get back to, <laughs> to, to, to Santa Cruz. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Thank okay. you, Larry. All right, thanks, David. Okay, I'm here at the Orange File System, Orange FS booth with... Amy Cannon. And where are you from, Amy? South Carolina. Really? That's nice. Yes, very far away. Do you miss it or not? Sometimes. <laughs> You're going back though, right? Yes. So tell us about Orange FS. Orange FS is a parallel virtual file system. It started in the 1990s and it was actually called PVFS. And Omnibond, our company, took it over. And what they did is they renamed it OrangeFS because now we have dedicated um, developers to work on OrangeFS and make more releases and update the code. So who would be using OrangeFS? We have many universities that use OrangeFS with their researchers. Um, and what they're doing is using their math equations. We have people um, in the financial industries that like to use Orange FS as well and we have a lot of people that like to use it in media and entertainment. Okay. Um, how can people contact Orange FS or find out more about it? Orange FS is a hundred percent open source so they can go to omnibond.com or they can go to orangefs.org and they can download it straight from our website. Okay, very good. Do you want to tell anything else about Orange FS before we call it good here? Um, just we want to let people know that it is 100% open source, that you can go straight to our website and download it. And we do also offer commercial-grade support for people that do need that service. Okay, very good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, I'm here with... Nathan James. In the Dice booth. Dice.com. You're the largest job board for tech. Wow. Yeah. And I see outside there's a great big bus. Huge bus. We're doing a six-month grassroots tour. We're going to hackathons and meetups and then big conferences and conventions like this and just getting in touch with people saying, hey, you know, we've got a service to offer, which is free, uh, which you can come and you can just lurk around for jobs anonymously or you actually post your resume. We have a salary survey so you can find out whether you're earning as much as you should be earning. We have forums for specific platforms like Ruby on Rails and Linux, etc. So you can find your community, your interest area, and talk with other members. So it's really great. Yeah, and so I see this, um, there's a t-shirt thing going on here. What's that about? We got lots of t-shirts. So we have some pre-printed t-shirts that we give to people who register. And then people can also come up with their own saying for their t-shirt, and we make it custom on the spot. We've got very low technology here with an inkjet printer and transfer paper and a heat press and boom in 20 seconds we've got your own custom t-shirt well that sounds real good so i want to know if you've heard of hacker public radio before i have not so now you know I'll now i know some information. You, you can get a hold of us at hackerpublicradio.org cool it's a community podcast so we'd love to have you make a posting there yeah and to um contribute a show so Okay. So am I going to be able to get a Hacker Public Radio t-shirt out of Absolutely. this? Absolutely. Okay. We're I'll, ready. As soon as that platen heats up. Okay, I'll come back by. <laughs> All right, good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Somebody needs to turn that music off. <laughs> so I'm at Linux Automation, and these are the beer guys. So tell us what's going on. Tell me your name first. Uh, my name is Ryan Hodges. 
Kurt Forsberg. And last night there was a party, and you guys supplied the beer and and the craft soda. Yeah. So did you run out? Uh, we ran out of a few things. Uh, the ginger ale went. Um, the Porter, Porter, went, Porter, Porter went, went after about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we blew the pail. That, that was 15, 15.5 gallons of pail. And the, I'm sure the IPA is really light. So, <laughs> Real good. So um, you use Linux to brew your beer. Is that correct? Exactly. And I see a lot of equipment around here. Tell me a little bit about some of this. Shall I? Okay. Shall. Um, this is our uh, eight-channel module. This is the... The previous revision of it. Um, this has four four transistors for switching DC devices, uh, two triacs for switching AC devices, and it has uh, two channels of input. And uh, what this does is uh, the the brew stand behind us. Uh, three channels control the top burner. Three channels control the middle burner, and. Um, it heats up water for making beer on the top, the hot liquor tank, um, and then it controls the uh, controls the temperature of the heated water. Uh, then we take water from there into the mash tun, which we left that at home, uh, but that that goes here. Uh, it controls the temperature of the mash, and um, it recirculates it uh, intermittently. While anytime there's heat applied directly to it, the the pump turns on and recirculates it um, and then we transfer it down to here to the boil kettle and boil it and then uh, after we're done with the beer on the uh, the brew kettle or the brew stand we transfer it to our fermentation chamber which has similar hardware that controls the temperature of the uh, fermentation vessels um, with a water cooling system so it's all automated <laughs> all automated with Linux really and, then, and we can log in remotely and uh, monitor or change the temperatures if we need to. It's Very all good. On the internet. You're, you're building this all yourself, huh? Yeah, all uh, I designed all the hardware. Um, it's still rather alpha, um, but we're hoping that we have some release candidates uh, soon. All the hardware designs are going to be open, and uh, we're looking for software developers who can help us uh, put together a little bit more polished software. Right now, it's just running on Bash scripts. But uh, we're hoping to put together a web front end for it. Um, and then uh, all the software, of course, will be open source as well. And a, a back-end daemon to do all the, the, the real work yeah. of, the, of the controlling portion of it. So where can people find you on the Internet and get a hold of you? LinuxAutomation.org. We're also looking for web developers. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but there's a there's a contact email on that page. Yeah, we'll work for beer. That's um, yeah. Someone, someone could anybody uh, who can code for beer. Um, okay. We have beer for compensation. And what's it? Or are soda. You in? Or soda. Soda too. Okay. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're in SeaTac at the moment. Okay. Very good. So, we're seeing you around, and um, you can um, check HBR out, Hacker Public Radio, for your episode. Cool. That's good. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I'm at the Red Hat booth. Called so the Fedora booth. Fedora booth. Yes. Okay. So it is. Hats, I'm at the Fedora booth with Ian Weller. I'm an intern at Red Hat working on the Fedora project. Okay. And you're here at Linux Fest Northwest. And what can you tell me about 
what's going on here today? Well, we're uh, we've got Fedora 18 DVDs. Uh, and we've got stickers and stuff, and we've been answering people's questions about Fedora. We've also been sharing the booth with the OpenShift project at Red Hat, and uh, it's been pretty good so far today. Okay, and we have, you're from OpenShift, and what's I'm your name? I'm from OpenShift. I'm Diane Mueller. I'm with the OpenShift Origin project. It's an open source project that's being supported by Red Hat to deliver the next generation of platform as a service, um, as an open source project, and it upstream feeds OpenShift Online, which we're signing people up for today, and OpenShift Enterprise, which is the on-premise offering from Red Hat. Okay, where can we find information about OpenShift? You can go to openshift.com, or if you want the code, which is always cool, you can go to openshift.github.io, download a VM there, start playing with it right away, read the docs if you read manuals, or um, go right straight in and start contributing to the community today. Okay, and anything else you want to share about your booth here, your projects? Well, it, it, it's been it's been pretty nice today. It's been pretty popular. We have these interesting uh, these USB keys with bottle openers on them that are OpenShift branded. So that's been that's been quite the draw today. But okay. I mean, a lot of people have been just coming by, talking about Fedora, talking about OpenShift and Red Hat, and it's it's been great. Yeah, and this and this DVD with all of the releases of Fedora 19, 18. 18 on them um, has been like the hot draw too. So we don't we're not raffling them off. You can come and get them for free now. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, what we've got here is a DVD, uh, and it has four of our desktop environments on it, live that you can try out before installing. It's got GNOME KDE, XFCE, and LXDE, and um, it's a dual-layer DVD because we had to fit that much data on it, but it's it's great. It's a way to try out all of our well-supported desktop environments in Fedora and uh, you know, figure out what you want to use before you even install it. Okay, and so I could grab one of those today. You huh? could grab one of those today and try them all out. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, thank and you. And here's your very own beer opening to open any open source key pop with a USB so, on it. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm with the director of operations from ISEC Partners. And your name is? I'm Ted Ibsen. Tell me about your project. Well, we're actually a consulting firm in the security space. Uh, we work with software vendors, software engineers looking for vulnerabilities in their software. Uh, we work all the way up and down the stack doing a lot of penetration testing and code review of web applications, operating systems. We've been doing a lot of embedded work recently, uh, working with set-top boxes uh, for telecom companies and working with handset manufacturers um, for mobile phones, looking at things like their uh, their custom bootloaders, firmware, and so on. Okay, and where are you located? We're uh, headquartered in San Francisco, but we have a Seattle office, an office in New York, and one in Austin as well. Okay, and people can... Find out about more about you where? At uh, www.isecpartners.com. Thank you, Ted. Thank you. What are we talking about? Yeah. I'm at the Acquia booth with? Michael Krause. And? Bree Biederman. Where are you people from? Um, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Okay, one of my neighbors. And you? Uh, I live in Boston. I work out of the Boston office. Very good. And so 
Acquia is here at Linux Fest Northwest, and what's going on with Acquia? Wow, just uh, explosive growth um, and uh, in a, a major talent hunting stage to keep up with all the, the new clients and uh, opportunities, uh, and also just building partnerships you know, on the, on the west side uh, out of Portland in our new office there, which has been really exciting. And um, excited to be here with uh, Linux Fest. Um, we're a Linux shop uh, from a hosting perspective and just having a blast. Okay, and so for sure, Acquia is pretty tied into Drupal, right? And we Drupal are. Acquia is Drupal. We're a big Drupal fan and we support the Drupal community in a big way, and most of us are part of that community. And so, is there jobs available in Drupal? Big time. It's a, it's a hungry, hungry uh, market. Um, we, we pulled in around 70 people first quarter, and um, we have lots and lots of opportunities at Acquia. Very good. Um, how would one get started using Drupal? Um, my advice would be to go to drupal.org or acquia.com and download the app. It's free. It's, uh, of course, it's open source. And um, there's also training modules out there, Drupalize Me, and um, also uh, Build a Module, and they're a great place to start. Okay. And something's going to be happening this May in Portland, what's that? I'll let you talk. Uh, so DrupalCon Portland is May 20th through the 24th. Uh, a large part of the Drupal community will be there, expecting like between 3,000 and 4,000 attendees. Uh, a lot of the Drupal celebrities, if you will. Dries will be there and Chicks and a couple of the other maintainers. It should be really exciting and we're excited for the growth in Portland. The Drupal Association is now there, so... We'll see, and we're all really excited, and hope you could come. Okay, so registration is still open for DrupalCon? Yeah, I uh, I believe so. I mean, as of today, I haven't checked, but it was. Check it out online. Yeah. Right? Yep. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you for being here, and be looking forward to seeing you around again. Thank you. Okay, I'm at the Leno.com booth with? Peter. And what's your name? Alex. And what's Linode all about? We're a virtual private server provider. Uh, we built a platform based on the Zen hypervisor. We put a nice web interface on top of that, and then we manage the hypervisor and the underlying hardware, freeing you up to deal with the software, your applications, and not having to worry about hardware and data center concerns. Okay, where's your company located? Uh, our offices are in Galloway, New Jersey. We have servers available in Tokyo, Japan, Fremont, California, Dallas, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, Newark, New Jersey, and London, England. You know your stuff, don't you? I've said that a lot in the last day and a <laughs> okay. half. And where can people find out more about Linode? Uh, main page, uh, linode.com. Uh, there's going to be a nice big sign-up at the top, and across the top, a, a nice big sign-up in the middle of the page, further up above that. Uh, we're going to have some links uh, available. We've got uh, wiki, uh, official documentation available, uh, API documentation on how to, how to use our platform outside of the web interface for custom scripting and stuff like that for, de for deployments, uh, as well as basically any other information you want to know about the company uh, right at the top of linode.com. Okay, thank you for being at Linux Fest Northwest. You're welcome. Have a nice day. I'm at the free BSD booth, is that right? Yeah. With? Um, Annie. Sandy, yeah, so Annie John. what can you tell me about FreeBSD? Uh, FreeBSD is a Unix-like operating, open-source operating system. Um, okay. Yeah, and we have um, disks for FreeNAS and PCBSD. Uh, PCBSD is a desktop version of FreeBSD. Um, it has our disk has uh, three different installs: PCBSD, which is the desktop version; um, FreeBSD, um, 
and also True OS, which is PCBSD for servers. And uh, Freedas is our is a um, open source storage appliance, embedded storage appliance for um, based on FreeBSD. Okay, where can people find more information? Um, they can find more information by going to pcbsd.org or uh, freenas.org, okay. or of course FreeBSD. Very good. I see the horns. Are you running out? Um, yeah, we started running out yesterday. How many did you bring to the fest? Uh, 250 or so. Yeah. Okay. So well, they're everywhere. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's Bellingham is overrun with horns. Yeah, yeah. We also brought 250 or so um, stickers of each, and we're running out too. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for being here, and um, you can listen to Hacker Bubbic Radio okay. to hear your presentation and other <laughs> thank good you. content. Yeah. Thanks. I'm at the HPR FSF table that we're sharing with uh, Matt Woodward. And what's going on, Matt? Uh, just hanging out at Linux Fest at the uh, Free Software Foundation table and talking to people about software freedom. Has it been okay sharing a table with HPR this year? No, you guys are terrible. No, I'm I kidding. Know. No, it's been fine. No, it's actually been, it's actually worked out well. So it's uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, covering for me when I have to step away here and there. And uh, yeah, I've done. I hope have reciprocated. And uh, yeah, it's been good. So what's the mission of the Free Software Foundation? Uh, the basic mission of the Free Software Foundation is to promote uh, and educate people about software freedom because especially these days with all the uh, new gadgets that people just pick up and don't even think about what's running on them or what they can and can't do with them, it's important for users to understand uh, when you buy a device what uh, what you're getting yourself into and what, people, what the people who sell you the device um, are controlling as far as your information and as far as what you can and can't do with that device. And the leader of the Free Software Foundation is? Uh, Richard Stallman. He founded it, uh, I don't have the date in my head, but it's been about 30 years ago now. Right. Pokey interviewed him on HPR. I uh -huh. think you told me that you haven't listened to that yet. No, I definitely am going to check that one out. That sounded yeah. like an interesting one, yeah. We had a good interview there. And to become a member of the FSF is, how do we do that? Uh, you can go to fsf.org to learn more and uh, become an associate member. And it's a tax-deductible donation. And you get some uh, good member benefits. You get a, a bootable membership card, which is pretty neat, uh, and discounts on FSF uh, merchandise. And there's an uh, annual member event as well. OK. And I notice you have some things you're giving away here at the booth and some things that you're selling. Yep. And uh, the things you sell go to support the FSF? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, Any of the merchandise, T-shirts and books and so on, the, the proceeds go to support the uh, Free Software Foundation. Yeah. yeah, and so have you been successful? Yes. I Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I'm down to about three T-shirts. Sold out of all, almost all the books, so we've been doing well. Real good. Oh, they're gone. Uh, the books just sold out. <laughs> you actually, um, Brad, who's helping me at the HBR table, and his running match table yeah, selling yeah. FSF <laughs> memorabilia yeah, right now. Yeah, so. yeah. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, it's been thank a you. joy being here and sharing the table with you. Yeah, thank you. Wandering by the HBR booth is... Ross Brunson, the Director of Member Services for the Linux Professional Institute. And Russ wanted to know how he can contribute to Hacker Public Radio. Yeah. So we're telling him he needs to put some audio content up and we'll get it posted. Okay. So tell us about the LPI. So Linux Professional Institute started out as a testing organization years ago. Uh, does the sysadmin uh, exams for Linux system administrators in the field. Uh, Linux Foundation does kernel programming and software, and we do the sysadmins. Uh, we've grown into a, a workforce development institute recently, the last couple of years, and I've just gotten done with a tour in Canada, the Futures in IT conference at uh, British Columbia Institute of Technology and Camison uh, College over on Victoria Island. 
really had really good turnout and wanted to make sure that I got to come down to Linux Fest Northwest, where we're going to be giving a session today about get a fantastic career in Linux and open source. Very good. And so people can find out about LPI where? LPI.org. Hit the site. Uh, you'll notice it's organized so that you can find out what the Linux certifications are. Then hit exam preparation. And if you want to, if you're in a different area than, than the U.S. or wherever you are, hit the international affiliates uh, section and find somebody near you. Okay, so how would people study to take the exam? Well, we have three main tracks that people do. They'll do a self-study for free. They'll get the resources off the web and off of our site, and they'll, you know, they'll do kind of a low and slow. Uh, typically, it take them a few months to, to get it all set up. I always recommend that everybody start with the objectives. We've thoughtfully formatted them so you can tick them off. There's a little checkbox right next to everything that you need to know. So by the time you get all those checked off, you should be ready to take an exam. The other way is you can use one of our solution partners. Uh, so if you hit the site and look under partnerships, you'll see that we have a number of ways that you can you know, get a class or an online course or you know, exam prep. That's the other piece is hit the LPI marketplace, go to the site, a little marketplace tab on the top left, and that's where I personally have curated all the things that are the latest, greatest, and most up-to-date. Some people have books in the market on Amazon that are 10 years old, and you don't want to study one of those because you won't pass these objectives. Right. <laughs> so, so hit that and take a look at it. We don't, we don't mind if you buy somewhere else. If you get a better price, we'd actually like you to. But uh, go to the LPI marketplace to see what's the latest version of all those books and exam courses. And then to take the exam, they're given on location somewhere? Uh, we Right now, we can give you Linux Essentials. Uh, your, your professor or your instructor can give you Linux Essentials in the classroom, or you can take our exams at, at, at any Pearson View testing center on the face of the planet. Okay. And so um, where do you live? Me, I live in Paradise Valley, Montana. Okay. Is there any game, big game out there? There's a few big game. You can, you can get one one of two ways. You can either go shoot one during hunting season or you can run one down. Okay. Either, is, either is popular, apparently. <laughs> that sounds like a very nice place to live. It is. It Thank is. you very much. Thanks very much, David. Okay, I'm at the G-Slug booth with... Valerie Zimmerman. And I met you, Valerie, on the... IRC channel, LFNW for Links Fest Northwest. Right. And I got a little um, hint there about how to use the IRC going away correctly. And maybe you don't remember that, but I finally figured that out last night, so I'm good oh, to go good. there. So you will not have any more problems with me. You will be legal on Freenode. It was an amount of personal problem with me. <laughs> and I do want to make clear that I'm here for Ubuntu Washington, so... Yeah, yeah okay. we're, we're splitting a booth this year. They were very generous. Oh, real good. And Linux Fest ran out of booth space, which is yeah. that's a good problem to have. We had a um, same opportunity with the FSF. We're sharing a table with them, so that worked out real good. We've had a good time there. Two great organizations. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the Ubuntu that you're. Oh, Ubuntu with. Washington. Yes. Well, our group is not super active. Although all of us are super active, and that's the problem. <laughs> G-Slug um, meets monthly, and uh, they are varying their meetings around the Seattle area. So they'll eat, meet north, south, east, west, and give everybody a chance to make it out to the meetings. Um, the Ubuntu Washington uh, mostly communicate by email and in our IRC channel, which is on Freenode. 
Okay, and you're you also personally do some work with KDE, is that right? Yes, I'm on. I'm in the um, community working group, and I also do some documentation and other community work. Um, I'm also administrator for um, Google Summer of Code and uh, Google Coding, which is for high school students. Great programs. Yeah, it sounds like you're very active in the open source community then. I I spend all the time I can. Yeah, real good. Your booth looks real nice. And Why, thank you. Um, you have a, I like the layout here. You have some um, cards that have a question on the front, and I'm assuming there's an answer on the back. I'm not sure. That's oh, the, there's uh, a get answers to your uh, Ubuntu questions. Askubuntu.com. So this one says, why is Ubuntu 11.4 switching to Unity? And then so you can get the answer by going there. So or, or talking to us. Right. Which I don't use Unity. I'm a Kubuntu person. But their idea was that they want a single interface for the users on all, all, all platforms. And that includes TV, um, tablets, telephones, desktops, your refrigerator, whatever. Yeah, and that sounds great. And I think that's the way software and devices are going and so I'm glad for Ubuntu's doing their contribution to the open source community. Right, it's open source and uh, there's a number of flavors of Ubuntu. If you don't like Unity, there's still GNOME uh, Ubuntu, there's Kubuntu, there's Zubuntu, which is using XFCE uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Lubuntu is rather new which is using LXDE so a lot of flavors of, of Ubuntu exactly then. there's the studio there's Edubuntu there's great stuff yeah, in sounds, the ecosystem and we're friendly with everybody we like our OpenSUSE friends and our Fedora friends right yeah. and your hacker public radio friends and our hacker public radio friends yeah. you rock <laughs> thank you I see I'm putting you on the spot here, but I see the Ubuntu Women Project. Are you involved in that? Yes, I am. It's, um, I think it's really uh, a great place for women and men who support women in free software, um, trade ideas, uh, uh, make women in particular aware of ways to contribute that they weren't aware of before. I mean, in Ubuntu, there's like community councils and developer councils and, you know, people who are willing to do that scut work that... You know, not everybody has a chance to do. Of course, there's always coding, but not all of us are coders. Some of us are sysadmins. Some of us are technical writers. Some of us like community work. So there's a place for all of us to contribute to free software. Yeah, so I know I'm putting you on the spot again, but what are the barriers women face in getting involved in the community? Um, bad behavior. Okay. I, we, in general, have a little less time less free time and you know if we go into an IRC channel and we're, we're asked about our sexual being rather than how we can contribute there's a lot of people who just part and right. you'll never see them in that channel again who has time for that and it's the same with any venue if you're if you you know women walk into a lug meeting and all of a sudden they're just glommed onto or ignored either is bad instead of just treated like another person you know most people are just like that was unpleasant and 
I mean, there's a few of us that are tough, and we can put up with the sexism, but if you want a vibrant, open community, then you have to welcome everybody. Yeah, and I agree with that, that um, men or others need to treat other people in a way that makes them feel comfortable. Sure. I mean, there's women with bad behavior, too. But if you call out your bad behavior and you reward good behavior and, and welcome newcomers and, and talk about how you welcome newcomers... That's a lot of people say, well, it's, you know, they can find their way, blah, 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 blah. But women don't necessarily have time to search out all the avenues. So all your channels, make sure that you put out welcoming messages. Okay. And Ubuntu has a code of conduct that pretty much encompasses that. So does KDE. Yes. And I know some people complain about that, but it is nice to have that code of conduct to know what's expected and what can make the community better. I wouldn't be in a place. Actually, one of the reasons I come here is there is a code of conduct here. So, yeah. Real good. Well, and I've never had any, you know, any problems here. So it's just been a wonderful experience. Yeah. Thank you, Valerie. And I know you're right in the booth next to us. And you did get some of our duct tape. So <laughs> we'll, thank you we'll, again for your help. Yeah. We'll be probably getting something from you at some time in the future. <laughs> thank you very much. Bye then. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.